Good Tuesday evening, Hidden Treasures Revealed, back with you. And this evening, my name is Sean, I will be with my brother Josh tonight, and uh, we'll be talking about a very interesting topic that y'all gave to Josh. And um, after the music, we'll be back in just a moment. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open, Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. How are you doing tonight, Sean? Josh, I'm doing good. I am. Um, this is really neat because you're back with me again and this time mother last time we walked that she gave a opportunity for you to bring something that came to your mind so excited to see what she's going to be bringing and learning and listening so yeah i'm doing great out of actually had a a moment today of having a break on something and it was like that whoa i did not see that i was putting my hands in the clay of other people and it was just one of those where that I saw the break <clears throat> and set the mind desire not to do that, but to go in this direction. So it was a very good functional day. How was your day today? It was good. Uh, definitely knowing that there was a topic coming tonight and again, the way mother works, trying to have that happen, like thinking about the topic and like, you know, knowing a few days in advance. And I was like, I'm still not really getting anything. There's a couple of things that are coming to my mind, but nothing that's really been like, oh, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to blank my mind and trust. And on the drive to work this morning, I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, whatever's going to come out, you're going to have it come out. And it was just this question that was posed to me. And I was like, ooh, that's actually really deep. And I just started to kind of think about that and dwell on the concept of who are you? Do you know who you are? And I was like, that's a really deep question when you get into it. And that just allowed to, that whole concept just kind of started to grow. And I was looking at different things throughout the day, um, having time with mother throughout work. Every time I get a kind of spare moment, I would just stop for a second and I'd be like, why did I do that? And it, that just ties right into what we're talking about tonight. So that that's the start of the topic that we were, that was brought to me and how it got brought up, which was really cool. So mother already had it set up in place just revealed it to me this morning and just been talking to her back and forth throughout the day along with Abba and then other things that have come in from past topics that we've discussed and it all just lines up. So I'm just excited to see where mother takes it, where mother directs it. When I sent you a text message on this this morning, my mindset was if you got it, it wasn't when you got it, 
if you have it now or if you get it right before, because it doesn't matter when you get it. It's the trust in Yah that they will give us what we need when we need it. In the moment, before the moment, as we're going through things. Something that came to my mind with this, with the do you know who you are, was putting in the information was, have you heard this in the world? Somebody says, do you know who I am? Somebody gets pulled over at a traffic stop and they say they're a judge. They're a, in the world, a high level somebody. Do you know who I am? And that's what came to me. And I thought, you're making a, a, you're giving a question to somebody, but have you thought about bringing that back to yourself? Do I know who I am? And like you said, this isn't a, oh yeah, I know who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm Sean Whitley. That's who I am. That's your, that's your name. But knowing, see, we, we talked about this recently. Being convinced of something is one thing. Knowing something is another because the knowing it is you have proof. I know you're sitting here. There is no, I'm convinced before I, came in the door, I would say I'd be convinced that you're in the house. I didn't know you were in here, but when I have the evidence, what, what, which is evident, the proof, then you know. And, and I'll let you speak to this since you got this, but I'll just, that when, when you said that in the text, that concept came to mind of somebody saying, do you know who I am? Meaning that you should know who I am. But then if the person comes back and they say, no, I really haven't talked to you. I don't know who you are. So tell me about yourself, but how much more depth is to a person to where Josh, do you know who I am? No, not the depth that you're not the depth that I would. I mean, you know yourself better than I know you and you know yourself to only a tip of what Yah has revealed to you. There's so much more in the lower conscience that you don't know about yourself, about your programming, about why you do things you do. And that's where this conversation stems from is driving to work, having that statement. You're going to talk about, do you really know who you are? And I started to evaluate that. And I was like, well, yeah, to a point. And the whole concept got brought up with, I told y'all very specifically, the one thing that I would love to have that I would desire to have from them is more confidence in who I am in them. And ever since that's come out, I'm seeing so many opportunities to understand more about myself and about them and about decisions and about the way I think so that I can be confident in what I do. There's been times at work where I've had a manager ask me a question and they're like, well, why'd you do it? And I kind of go blank. They're like, it's a simple question. Why'd you do it? I don't really know why I did it. That's a problem. If I don't know why I did it, then I shouldn't have done it. So that kind of stemmed into a whole question of why do you do what you do, which came out months ago. And that's something we've all been working on, like saying, God bless you when someone sneezes. Why do you do that? Do you have a good reason why you do that? Do you have a good logical truth and understanding of why you say that when someone sneezes? And the answer for me is no, 
that, that's programming. Or one thing I've really come away from with a heart change and a mind change is saying sorry a lot. I still catch myself doing it, but I used to say sorry at the drop of a hat for anything. I'm in a kitchen and I go to step around someone and I'm like, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Why do I say sorry? What is the reason behind saying sorry? It's trying to appease someone to de-escalate a situation because of an insecurity in myself that I have from way back when I was a child. And I don't even recognize the depth that that is. I just see that to a point at this, at this stage of my life. So like I said, there's a reason why you do what you do and really knowing why you do what you do is the only way to change who you were to who you are, to what you want to be. And that, that whole concept that we talk about with a lower conscience programming that we all have only in ya can you truly change that because not only are you able to see it you're given the tools to change it which comes from that break that you see why because you have an absolute truth given to you that you don't have to question well am i really wrong in this or am i kind of wrong in this no from ya you get an opportunity to have a break against absolute truth and when that break happens you truly have the option to change and turn or make a decision that I disagree with Yah and I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. So in faith, you're given the ability to dig down deep enough to have a break in something and make a turn or repent from it so you can truly change who you are. When you're speaking about the lower conscience, which is referred to as the, the heart There's so many things that you do and you, like you said, you don't know why you're doing it. How can you control yourself? How can you live a life of self-control if more and more you don't recognize why you do the things you do and not only recognizing why you do it, but what's the reason behind it? Because one thing that Yah brought to us was everything that a person does, the reason that Yah cannot be mocked is because no excuses are going to be accepted before God because what a man or woman sows, they reap. The cause and the effect, whatever you do, there's a reason why you do it. Now, you may not know the reason why, and you, with the help of Yah, you can figure out why you do things and even going back to your childhood, way back to when you would think you wouldn't even have memories, they can bring something to mind, something that you're not even recognizing. But like you said, how can you change something if you don't see the reason why you're doing it in the first place? And what Yah is teaching us is, is that instead of making a decision out of emotion, make a decision where you're not in an emotional state so that you can clearly see what's the reason why I'm doing this or what's the reason why I'm not doing it because it's not just that you do things and you don't know the reason, but there's, it's a transformation to know why, because that's where you can have the upper and the lower conscience working together so that you can have self-control because that's where in the word it says, be quick to listen 
slow to speak, slow to become angry, because that's how you control the situation. That's how you control to make sure that not that you're not, that you're not permitted to be angry, but what's the reason for the anger? Do I know why I'm getting angry? And if I know the reason and it's for a fair and just reason, then I'm going to have the ability to control it. If the lower conscience is controlling it and I just burst out, then I just got upset and I don't know why. Well, like you said, there's a problem that if we don't see the reason or know why we're doing things and something else that I'm seeing too in this is with the question that Yah gave you, do you know who you are? Think about the concept of that. It gives you an opportunity to discover because I'm not going to say that you don't know who I am, that you are knowing who I am. You're getting to know things, but it was like you said that the only one that can know other than Yah being have the ability, you can look at me and you can discern things that I say and do and watch my, my actions. But unless you've been through all the experiences that I have, you don't really making a 100% like I know who I am. You're knowing who you are. You're in the process of that. And that's why, and this may be one of the scriptures that, that you had been given. It's just coming to mind in Corinthians that we know in part, which is that knowing the process, like, you know, me in part, because it would be ridiculous to sit here and say, you don't know anything about me, but in part, and then there'll be a day where we will know fully as we are fully known because Yah can see us from their perspective. They can see and know us and we can have the ability to know them more and more. But I'm saying that it's not an absolute that, that you will absolutely know everything, but with the journey of faith, true faith in Yah, you can start the process of knowing because who knows the things of God, except the spirit of God, mother knows because she has experience. She's been there. Abba knows, Yeshua knows. So they know. So in order to start knowing God, knowing them in part, then you have to have the help of Yah to be able to see inside the things that you can't see revelation being given opportunity to prophesy things like that. So this is just a good way to evaluate if you don't know who you are, it's not like, Oh no, I don't know who I am. It's okay. Well, with faith, I can actually start learning and going through the process of starting to know who I am. What do I have in Messiah? Cause the word tells you, what do I have with seeking with all my heart with repent repentance? Because when you truly repent of something, repentance will bring a change of behavior, a change of conduct. If there's no change, then there's no repentance. Like you can hit the wall, but in order to get away from that, like you hit a wall and then you've got to turn to walk in repentance, meaning that you're in the process of changing something and you're actually doing something with it. Regret comes when you don't start making any change, you make no change of conduct at all that, well, you've heard this, I'm sure. Well, do you have any regrets? Yeah, that's, I regret that. And, but with repentance, it's no, I'm going to change something 
and I'm going to go in this direction. Regret, you just stay there with no change. Well, there's just nothing I can do. I just regret that decision. Well, faith in God is repent and then repentance, which is walking in that change of direction that I'm going this way and I'm not going that way anymore. Okay, well, I'm changing this. And only with Yah that we can be able to do that. But I'll let you bring out, that was just thoughts that came to mind on this. Well, no, that the scripture that you brought out through Corinthians is the one that right as you started to talk about it, I'm like, yep, that's one of the ones that came to mind. Um, and that was one I looked into because that actually came out uh, last night when we were doing um, Bible time around or like our Bible study that we do with me, Sergio and Edward around the fire pit. That scripture came out and tying it back to just knowing who you are as an individual. That's something I don't know about any other guy, but as a guy, that's something I've struggled with probably my entire life. Not having a father that I grew up with, that was a struggle to identify as, okay, well, I really don't have my mom to identify with. I don't have another male figure. So I was constantly trying to identify with all these different male figures in my life and tried to identify, oh, well, I'm more like this one, or I'm more like this one, or well, this one acts this way, and that's one thing to act like, but then this one acts this way, so maybe I should act that way, and not really knowing the appropriate way to act. And whether that's something that all guys struggle with throughout their life, or it's just me, it doesn't matter. The whole concept is, at some point in your life, you looked at someone that was above you, whether it was someone who was older, someone who had an influence on you, someone who you looked up to in that aspect and you looked at what they did and said, those are good qualities. And you tried to mirror it at some point in your life. You don't, you might not even know why, or you looked at it and said, those are very bad qualities. And you tried to run from what those qualities were and change yourself into something that was opposite of that. You might not know why you did that. I don't know why I did some of those things. But understanding why you did it gives you the best ability to then decide, am I going to continue or be something different? And as a father, trying to understand, okay, what is it to be a father to a godly daughter, like godly father to a godly daughter? What is it to be a son of Yah? What does that look like? Well, luckily in scripture, you have an example of what it is to be a godly son. Those who claim to be in him must walk as he did. That's very plain, very straightforward, very simple to understand the concept, but the actual actions and carrying it out and the thought process, that's where the work comes in. That's where you have to have a guide. That's where you have to constantly be on guard of looking left, right, up, down, behind you, and trying to figure out where your lower conscience is trying to push in on the goal you have in mind to move forward in faith with. And that's the real, the real down point for me, like the real drill down point for me was where is my lower conscience trying to take control from what I actually have in mind to do for God? And that was one of those things that came up today multiple times. Like you talked about your conscious mind is constantly working on controlling your lower conscience. And I think Sunday night you brought it out, the disassociated altar that comes out. You disassociate because something comes up and you react to it from your lower conscience. And then someone's like, well, why'd you do that? And your conscience mind's like, I don't know why I did that. Because your lower conscience took over your conscious mind in that situation. And you don't have an answer because it jumped over top of your conscious mind really quick and then jumped right back off. And you're kind of like that. I don't understand why I did that. So 
again, just being aware of those situations. And one of the biggest helps I've had over the last two weeks that was brought out to me, the only thing in this life that I absolutely have to control if I want self-control is overcoming self in any situation, in any point of life. If my self starts to rise up and I can stop and learn to control that aspect of self and say, what are you doing? What is right, fair, and just according to Yah to do in this situation? And then make that decision the next decision. That gives me the best opportunity in those situations to be self-controlled in all of them. And again, with process, that doesn't happen every time. Sometimes it takes a look back and say, okay, so in that situation, this was a reaction versus a response. Okay. But overcoming self in any situation, Stephen, he overcame self in that situation. Being stoned, yeah, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I see the heavens opened up. Yusha had that same statement, but you know, being stoned to death to the point where you can block out the pain and don't hold this against them. Wow, I see, I see Yah in the heavens and they're opened as you're being pummeled with stones. They're breaking your body. That's a master of self at that point. So learning how to do that, and we have the capability to do that with mother because she's showing you your lower conscience and giving you opportunities to master it. Abba made the same statement in Genesis. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must master sin. All sin is is disobedience. So your lower conscience that constantly comes up and tries to override your conscious mindset of I'm doing what is appropriate to Yah because that's my desire. You have the moment that rises up. That's not my desire. And learning how to separate what your conscious mind is from your lower conscience is a concept that I didn't quite grasp until this was brought out because I would struggle and battle with why'd that thought come to mind? That's, that's not okay. I don't, I'm not that person. That's not who I am, but it came to mind. So it's gotta be a part of me. Right. And that is part of the warrior mindset that mother is letting me see inside that the battle is in the mind. It's not against flesh and blood. It's in the mind. The war zone is in the mind back and forth over battling self. And when something comes up like that, I have the power to master that and say, no, that is not okay. You're breaking rank. Get back in line. That's not who you are. But learning to do that takes a mindset that is steadfast and focused and driven with indignation, longing, and alarm to desire the things of Yah in a humble, what was it? Walk humbly, act justly, love mercy with those concepts in mind. By doing that, I'm going to be merciful on myself that it's your programming. It's not who you are. You're a child of Yah. Okay. Humbly is Yah with you. I can overcome this. And then The right aspect comes from Yah. The truth and understanding in that situation is what I make that plumb line to that, nope, that's right according to Yah. This is what we're doing. We're not doing this. So those are just the thoughts that, and again, as we're talking about this, that's all coming to mind now to go back and look over and discuss again in more detail and quiet time. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. 
We've spent way too much time in the past, and I'll say I'll say I have, and I'm convinced that you would agree, and those that are listening, if they're being honest, that I'm going to go back to the statement that Yah brought to your mind, the idea of this. Do you know who you are? Not who somebody else is. And what I mean by that is when the golden rule, if you see it in somebody else, either you've done it, you're doing it, you see it, you're overcoming it to where you can bring it to somebody's attention. I know for me in the past, too much time has been spent on, and Yah gave us this concept of the potter and the clay, where you reach your hand over and attempt to reach into somebody else's clay that they're molding, and somebody will slap your hand and say, get out of my clay, meaning mind your own business. Mind your own business, and even says in the word that we make sure that we make it a point to mind our own business, doesn't mean that we don't speak to people, but we will make suggestions and speak truth. <clears throat> but I'm not, I can't do it for you to reach in and make you do anything. So much time has been spent, and I'll put it back to myself, of reaching over into somebody else's clay to get them to change, to see who they are. When you see something in somebody else, it's showing you who you are. That's why when Messiah said that, you see this speck that you assume is, oh, look at that, Josh, you've got a speck in your eye. It's just giving you a reflection of this log that's, Coming out of your eye, you have a forest in your eye, like the eye, the your um, third eye, like within your intellect. So much time is spent focusing on what somebody else is doing and attempting to fix them. All these doctors that are around thinking that they have the cure or the way to get better, to cure depression, to cure anxiety, all these things, and you're medicating people, but what about, do you know who you are? in order that you can see somebody else where they are to actually help them. Because if Josh, if you're depressed, but I don't know what it is to be depressed or know why I'm depressed or anything, how in the world can I help you to overcome depression? If I don't have any experience with depression, I don't know how to overcome depression. Well, you just, you need to get over it or you need to do this or that or whatever the, subject would be because we don't know who we are. And that's why with faith, Yah will help us to see who we are and not just who we are, but who we are transforming. We're in Messiah, we're a new creation. So now we're a different life. Now we're doing different things. So the old is gone. The new has come. And with all of this, if you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, you cannot help somebody else to see what they're not seeing because that's why when Messiah was talking about this, the ones that were supposed to know the truth that were supposed to be teaching, you're blind and deaf. It's the blind leading the blind. We're not blind. Well, or we're not deaf. Well, by you saying that, you don't understand. You don't know who you are. And even Messiah to one of the letters of the churches 
in Revelation, the church of Laodicea. You think that you're in good shape. You think you don't need anything. But you do not realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. The other churches may, well, that letter wasn't to me, so I'm, no. Evaluate every letter. Because just because Messiah is not saying to the church in Stanton or to the church wherever else, are you doing what he's saying to do? Are you repenting of what he said to repent of? So it's a it's really speaking to all the churches. But that's the thing. When he was being crucified, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If they knew what they were doing, this is the Son of God. Why are you putting the Son of God to death? Should you be doing that? No, then that's not, there's no reason to put him to death. Now, we know that he had reason for giving his life, but the things that they're saying to him, they're not consciously knowing why. It's their programming that's driving everything, but they don't, that's the thing. And when I say they, it's us as well and transforming from that, that how can you live life, the life of God, if you're not able to see the reason you do things, because you're not going to be able to change something. How are you going to be able to change your flat tire if you don't know the tire is flat? Well, I think that my tire is flat, but there's no reason to change it unless you know it's flat. I can see it's flat. There's, it's not holding air. It's got a big nail hole in the side and I can see. So the point of faith one of the many points of faith is to be able to recognize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked so that you can then make a choice to repent of that so that you will no longer be wretched and pitiful, but you'll be rich and you will be clothed and you'll be accepted and you'll do what is right. So all those things you can go to a, an opposite perspective, but the key in that that was coming to mind is, is that you don't realize what you're doing because of programming, but with faith, with the help of Yah, you can change your programming to where you can see more and more and understand why you're doing it. And when you understand why, I'm going to do that because that's right to do. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing this because I want to do this because it's right. That's what I'm going to do. Well, that change right there, you're walking in repentance of that now. And now you can start practicing that. And then something else comes to mind because taking every thought captive, why? Why am I doing this? It's a practice. It doesn't mean that you will and perfected, you'll get every thought captive. No, it's, it's a mindset. When you're thinking and evaluating, know what you're doing more and more. We even have in the word, pray without ceasing. Well, how do I do that? Like every moment I'm praying. No, it's a, it's a mindset of don't ever stop communicating with God. It's a constant thing. But with this whole concept, people don't know who they are. Yah knows who they are. So you seek them with all your heart, then they will show you who they are. Here are our ways. And you come to it for obligation first, because it's not your desire at first. But then you can transform to where, no, this is what I desire. I desire to do what is right. I'm going to do this. 
So you take ownership of the things of God, which is really just righteousness and truth because that's who they are. And you start walking in that and wow, I didn't realize I was doing that. Oh, okay. So now you can see, now, you know, cause you have experience. So now I'm going to change something. So it's just a process of Yah is giving us this information so we can start evaluating to not just make a quick decision. Yep. I'm, I'm going to figure out, well, just evaluate this concept of if you don't know who you are, meaning that not that you don't know anything, but you know, yeah, help me. For example, I'm thinking that I'm going along in faith and I'm doing okay. And, but I know there's a lot of things in my lower conscience that I've allowed in. There's no excuses that whatever has come in, I've allowed it. So show me and help me to see the things that I've allowed in that are functional, that are dysfunctional so that I can really in a process, start to know who I am, who I am in faith, who I am in, I could just say for me that a, the persona that Yah gave to me is brotherly and fraternal. Well, what is it? How am I brotherly? How am I show me that so I can really see where that is, how I can make changes. It's just more of an awareness of just things that you're not seeing in, in this situation that do you know who you are? It doesn't mean that, are you answer it and it's done? Yep. I don't know who I am or yep. I know who I am. It's, it's the Socratic method of it's going to lead to more questions. All right. So knowing, so what does it mean to know versus you think, or it's just to give a, a concept to really be thinking about that the, the truth of God will show you who you are in truth and you make a decision. Are you going to change that to become godly? Or are you just going to stay where you are? Because people would, could say, yeah, I know who I am and I don't want to change anything. And in essence, do they really know that they, they think they know they don't know everything, but this is speaking to those that are seeking with all their heart that really want to know the truth that really have that hunger and thirst for righteousness is that this is just another concept to really just evaluate and, do I really know what I'm doing? Do I, do I even think about what I'm thinking about? Or are you walking around during the day and why am I thinking this? Why am I, I kind of have that feeling in my stomach or I have, I just feel kind of down or I feel some tightness in my chest or my back. And what am I thinking about right now? Am I thinking about something that's bothering me? Am I, you know, yeah, help me to see what I'm not seeing in my lower conscience and something that Yah gave to us is, and you can ask them to shake your lower conscience and help me to see what I'm not seeing. Just like if you were to take one of my favorite drinks is you you shake the you to get the chocolate from the bottom. Some of that stuff that's settled down in there that has been going on for many years. Could you shake that up so I can start to see the things that I'm not seeing so that when I see it, I can break to it and then make a change because I'm actually seeing there's a problem here because if you don't say, that's the thing is I don't want to be walking around thinking that you're okay in something, but then you're wretched, pitiful, poor. That's the thing is that that's why I'm telling you that. So you can repent of what you're doing and evaluate it because you realize now who you are, that you don't deserve anything from God other than hell. That's what you're entitled to. But in me, you will be able to escape it. But unless you see these things, 
you wouldn't make any change. And this is just a, just another beautiful concept of Yah just to bring out so that we can start evaluating and changing some things. Well, you made a comment about the letters to the churches and the, just the way mother words things right before that, your statement was whatever you see in someone else, it's for you to see. So rather than looking at, Oh, it was a letter to the church and later to see, it was a letter to this church here. No, that was a letter to me. So I can learn about myself in this aspect of faith. Uh, one of the scriptures that I was looking up, I believe was in Corinthians. It says, where do fights and quarrels come from among you? Do they not come from your own selfish desires that dwell within you? You know, you have these arguments um, in Corinthians. I believe they were talking about one follows a Paul, one follows Apollos, one was baptized by Christ, or one was following in Christ, one was baptized by this person. And the whole concept is unity is the goal, unified mindset. And I don't, the depression aspect that you spoke about, I don't have a great understanding of depression, but I do have an aspect of anxiety um, from someone who deals in a lot of situations where a lot of things, a lot of different things are thrown at you on a regular basis as a manager. Um, time for food, orders, questions about what to make, questions about what to pull, customer up front needs help with this, phone call for this employee, this person just called off, this one's coming in early, this one's not, multiple situations all kind of coming at once. And getting overwhelmed is very easy to do. But the reason you get overwhelmed is because it lacks order. And this was just given to me. Destroying the authority attached to chaos. Because with chaos, the only authority in that is to create more chaos. I don't know if we talked about Sunday night or not, but it's come out that where does a moral standard come from? Where does a standard or a aspect of law come from? It comes from an authority, a governing authority. So if you put Yah at the top of that list in your mind, you then have the power with Yah to work through anything that you would see as chaos and make it orderly so it's no longer chaos. So in a situation where, for me at work, this was just given to me as a help, that I tend to try and fix as much as I can, as fast as I can, and then still try and fix more. That is not possible to do. It's not. It's not possible to think and fix at the same time as fast as possible. And when I say as possible, it's not possible for me to do that. The The pressure I'm putting on myself in that situation, I'm not capable of delivering that. Trying to fix 10 things within five minutes, within no understanding of how to do it all. It doesn't work. So for me, Look at what's going on, put order to it, evaluate what needs to be fixed, prioritize it, make a decision to fix it, and then move forward from it. Recognize that you're not going to fix all of those little issues and then be okay with it. I'm not going to fix some of these things. Some of them I will, and that's okay. But I've convinced myself that if I don't fix it all, then I'm not okay and I didn't do it right and I'm wrong or I'm not good enough. And that ties right back into the good enough aspect of putting myself back under law. And it's not intentional. It's from a lower conscience understanding of myself of if I'm not good enough, I won't be accepted. 
And it goes right back into the acceptance aspect from a child at five with a dad that died all the way up through middle age that I'm at now, like 35, because if I'm not good enough, if I don't do enough, if I don't show enough, if I don't care enough, if I don't do this, then I won't be accepted. And the beauty thing with faith is if you do what is right, truly right, according to Yah, you'll be accepted. And that is an aspect that I just got tonight that helps break a level of acceptance that I didn't have before. So that's a huge help for me that Yah's showing me that tonight. I now have an opportunity to be broken in an aspect of acceptance and then make a turn that if I'm accepted by Yah, I don't need to be accepted by anybody else on earth or in a spiritual realm because I'm accepted by the one who's in control of all of those. What better gift is there than to be accepted by the creator of everything? So that was a help tonight for me to see, huh, okay. And then just working that through the lower programming from here on out as I move forward, that it doesn't matter if I don't do everything at my job because it's always going to continue to come. I'm never going to complete all the tasks at work because they're going to continue to show up. And that's a process in faith. I always try and fix everything at once. Even That was one thing that was coming up that I would get overwhelmed with. Why? Well, I got to fix this and fix this. You're trying to fix all of your issues that have been shown to you at one time. And it's impossible. You're overburdening yourself and you're putting yourself under law that you have to fix all these right now and be different and change in all of them. Now, I'm bringing these to your attention so you can see what you can work on. Work on it in process and be okay with it and just continue to process and live and be and that's the beauty of grace for you because your mindset is you want to be pleasing if i'm giving you things to work on and your focus and desire is to continue to work on them to be better because it's what lines up it's what lines up with truth that's what yah is asking of me and I've been doing the exact opposite, which is trying to please them, appease them, not please them, appease them by being perfect in action. And it's not possible. So seeing that tonight is a huge help for me to move forward on the aspect of one, knowing who I am, two, embracing who I am, and three, being accepted for who I am. So I just I see those things as a huge help tonight. I'm going to come back to, as uh, Phil would do to me often, I'm going to bring something back to you here. Just have a, have a question. You said that you didn't really, you don't really have an understanding of depression and what that means. Is that true? No, that is not true. I do have an understanding of depression. And the reason I bring that out is, and you're, it, it's a good learning for me to really listen to yourself and to others. And because depression is internal. I was just sitting there and just had a concept of this, that we don't want to live a life without pressure. Because if we do, then we're, we're going to crumble. We're not going to be able to, to stay alert, stay focused. And, and people may say, well, no, we want to, we, we, we want it, for example, to be no pressure, no pressure. You've been in a situation like, Josh, no pressure, just, just no pressure. We don't want that because if your tires have no pressure, what happens? 
And you're you're you taking can't a drive. I was yeah, going to say you can't drive because the tires are flat. If I blow up a, a balloon and there's too much pressure, what happens? Pops. It pops. But what happens when it's the pressure is at an equalized state where the balloon is is blown up and it's like a hot air balloon? You know, you have that constant pressure of that gas that's going and you you don't turn it all the way up because then the balloon's going to pop. You don't turn it down because the balloon's going to crumble. You keep it at equalized pressure. And what I was thinking about this is everybody, it's built into them to be accepted by God. Because on the final judgment, everybody's going to be at the judgment seat of Messiah. Those that believed in him are going to be into the kingdom. Those that didn't will be into outer darkness. And it made me think of that depression because so many people will put this to where you just need to be medicated in the medicine because you have no control over depression. You can't do anything. But if I come over to you, Josh, and I depress you, I'm going to start pushing on you. If I start pushing on you, you have a decision. Are you going to equalize the pressure or are you going to let yourself be pressed down? Things in the world come at people and the, the word says that, and it talks about the believers on this. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Why? Because by the help of faith in Yah, Yah is the God of all comfort, that they allow you to push back by the truth that when people came up Messiah, they would think, oh, he was meek. That means he was weak. No, no, no. He was humble, but he was meek that there's a time to push back and there's a time to let it come. And then there's a time to push back the enemy in the desert. When it says the spirit brought Messiah drew um, out into the desert and the enemy says, do this. No, the word of God says this, do this. No, the word of God says that. <coughs> You equalize the pressure to where, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. I'm walking in truth. I'm not going to let you affect me. And like you, we said before, this is a practice. But because you don't push back, either because you don't want to or it's too hard or whatever it would be, we, we've all been through these things. We've had moments like that. But we in faith should not be living a life of depression because that means that you're allowing everybody else to affect you and what things are going on to affect you. You put your hand in somebody else's clay. I don't understand why they're and it's not fair. And you're, you're putting your hands in other people's stuff and you're allowing other people to affect you that you allow yourself to be pushed down. And when I'm saying these words, I'm teaching myself here that there's times when you have those moments of what we call the funk where you're just seems like everything's down and your head goes downcast while your head goes down, get it back up. Why is your face downcast? Equalize the pressure. If you do what is right, you'll be accepted that you're beaten. You're suffering. No, I'm not accepting that. I'm doing what Yah wants. You're pushing back. You're equal. And Yah will give the equalized pressure. Yah will step in. Okay, well, I'll give you the comfort. It's just like you're sitting in this chair like me that think about it, the God of all comfort, the God of support to where there's pressure against our back, because if not, we would just topple over and we don't say, no, I want to sit in this chair with no pressure. No, I don't want excess pressure. That anxiety, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Equalize the pressure. Don't worry or be anxious about anything, but it doesn't say don't have concern about anything. It says, don't be anxious 
Don't put undue pressure. Worry is bringing overthinking. Just when you're sitting here thinking about what y'all want you to, what's coming to mind, y'all, what do you want me to say? Don't sit here and go, I don't need to think about anything because y'all just give it to me, but don't worry. What am I going to say? Well, (coughs) is y'all going to, what's mother going to do? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to? No, don't do that. Be in the balance of, no, I'm just going to roll these things. Something comes to mind. I'll bring it out. I'm not going to worry because there's so many, there's so much stuff for us to talk about that there's no reason to, unless y'all would want it for us to sit in long periods of silence. Uh, just to sit here in the silent, well, I just can't think of anything. Nothing's coming to mind. Well, the more we engage in things, like the more you and I are engaging in this, the more things will come to mind because the engagement brings about ideas will flow and come. But if we're riding down a river in a, in a raft and we're moving around and we're not, we're trying to turn around and we're trying to move away instead of just flow, just go with the direction that we're going. But I was just thinking about that when you said that, and I'm convinced that you were, you don't have a, a lot of understanding on it, but you have more understanding than a lot of people have. Cause some people would say, well, you're no doctor. Do you all have degrees in psychology, psychiatry, all these other things? Well, because you don't, you haven't studied depression, but I just know from life is I think about it when you're really down, can you really sit here and say it's somebody else's fault or are you allowing somebody else to influence you to where you're allowing that to press you down? And if those listening, if you're honest with yourself, you can't blame anybody else for the situation you're in or the life that you have, because each person makes their own life. Each person molds the clay of their life. And as the word says, you mold your clay could be a vessel for honor or it could be a vessel for dishonor. And the truth of God allows you to have the light of God, the light of truth to shine on you so that you can see who you are at the moment. But until you die, you have opportunity to repent to God and change to become a new creation in Yeshua, the son of God with the help of mother, the spirit and Abba, the father to be a new creation and to live life in Messiah and then move on to everlasting life, which is the life of God, which is a life of walking in truth and doing what is right. So this is just, there's so many layers to these things. There's so many different aspects that we talk about that it's just like that spider web that there's so many directions, so many little spinoffs that just go to, to different areas. But faith in God gives you the opportunity to recognize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, and that you don't deserve the things of God, but it's by the grace of God that Yah gives opportunity to have faith that you can escape the corruptness of the flesh, that you can be in the spirit, and that you can live the life of God. And that's the thing, the circumcision of the heart, when that comes, you are in Messiah that you have everlasting life because you're in Messiah. You have eternal life in you. Just make sure that you remain in him until the end. And then in the end, when we're perfected, 
that we're in the kingdom of God, then we will be there. But until then, we have the opportunity to be the embodiment of Messiah here on earth, that we can walk without sin, that it isn't just Messiah that is without sin, us in him, we have sin taken out of our heart and the sin nature put onto the body of flesh. So we don't claim that we've never sinned, as the word says, because we would make God to be a liar, but all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we have the opportunity to live without sin, walking as Messiah did. That's the thing, and you said it earlier, that those that claim to be in him must walk as he did, because if you don't walk as he did, then that's the proof, that's the evidence that you're not in him. So just with this concept that we don't make excuses to say, well, I don't know who I am or I can't know who can know God, who can know you. Yeah, but I can, it's about a process of, because you're not going to know something unless it's, you have the proof of it. Just like you, how does the woman that reached out and touched the garment of Messiah that she knows that she was healed because she experienced it. She can see the blood has stopped. I know within, I know that I'm healed. That's it's the proof is here. Well, before then she was convinced if I touch his garment, then he'll heal me. Well, even Messiah said that your faith is what healed you. It's the fact that you were convinced that you were going to be healed. That's actually what brought about the power to be, to come out of him. Cause remember it's like, well, who touched me? And they're like, what do you mean who touched you with all these people bumping into you? And no, but power came out of me. And mother was resting on him, so we know that the power came from God for her to be healed. So that, wow, now I know, like, you know, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Well, when was he, he was convinced that Yah could do it. It's just, well, I'm just, I'm not sure. And then the, when he actually saw that the healing, oh, now I know that. So now I'm going to help you with your unbelief by I'm going to give you the proof that you can see that this is, this is the healing of God. So just, this just hit me when you were speaking right, right about when you started, um, you asked a question about depression. So with that understanding of depression that we just spoke about, you've seen me depressed a decent amount and just I've seen you depressed a decent amount. Why is your head downcast? When your head is downcast, you are in a moment of depression. Why? Because we've been trained that the acceptance or that you have to do everything right, or you can't make mistakes. And all that's happening in that moment is Yah is showing you an area where you have fallen short You've missed the mark that you were aiming for. And rather than look at it from an aspect of, all right, well, let's let's get up and do it again. You look at it from, I would look at it from an aspect of, well, I, I messed up again and I, I can't ever make it up. I can't make up for that. And that's a past mistake at issue that I've had from lower conscience. I can't make up for that. I made a mistake and that's it. With the mindset of learning what it is to be Godfrey, that, that's, that's who I am. My, my persona is uh, man of Yah, warrior of Yah. With Yah, all things are possible. So rather than look at a situation of, Josh, here's an issue that's going on right now. Or Yah speaking to me, Godfrey, do you see this? Rather than looking at it from a point of view of, oh, 
man, I didn't see that y'all. And I, I made that mistake and I'm sorry. No. Okay. You just showed me a territory like you did to Joshua in scripture. And with the sword of the spirit, which is the truth of Yah, you're telling me to go claim that territory. Hey, this is an area in your life that you don't see in your lower conscience. I'm bringing it to your attention. That's a part of your land. Go and take that over and heal your land. Make it break. Find your breaking point. Make the decision that lines up with what truth is and turn from it. Write that area of land so it can bring a harvest again so that you can plant and it reap a harvest of righteousness. Because right now, it's reaping a harvest that's not plentiful. It's good for nothing. Go take it back over. Go control self. And that concept coming to me just now, that is a huge help to move past the downcast mindset. That is an understanding of you're not giving me an opportunity to look at myself and have pity on myself or to put myself down. You're looking at a situation in my life and Yah's giving me an opportunity to be a conqueror and defeat selfishness with selflessness so I can be more self-controlled. Therefore, I can be more focused on them and continue to live as their son would live because that's who I am. I am their son. And that's, that's just a huge gift to see that we talk about the depth and the knowledge that's only given from Yah. And it's given with circumcision of the heart and without circumcision of the heart. The key in it is that you're seeking Yah with all your heart and you've made a mind change that's getting into the heart. I want to know the truth of whatever the situation is, regardless how it affects my selfishness, so that I can learn to be self-controlled and master self so I can be selfless because that's the essence of faith. That mindset is selflessness so you can be one with Yah because Yah is a jealous Yah and they want all of us to focus on their understanding of what truth is. And if your actions or your mindset of what is right to do doesn't line up with their right, you're selfish. If it lines up with them, you're selfless and you're on the right path and you're following it and you'll be accepted and you can move forward from it. But that scripture in Corinthians, that fights and quarrels thing, we constantly argue back and forth and we haven't, we don't argue back and forth where we're at. But in Christianity, I can't tell you how many times I would argue back and forth with someone who was claiming Christ as their savior but we were arguing on like politics or how to spend money for the church or what to buy or what clothes are appropriate or think meaningless things that don't matter, that, that don't even apply to true faith. Why do those come there? Because you don't understand the desires of Yah. You are looking at your desires and trying to marry them with the desires of Yah and justify it. And then you're trying to get someone else to agree with you so that you can justify it that much more and convince yourself that you're doing what's right when it's not. So those are just things that were all coming to mind. And that's just another level of understanding self. Why are you getting so mad when someone brings something to you or questions you about something? Why'd you do that? Well, what's it matter why I did it? Why are you getting so upset about it? Why are you so defensive right now? Well, because you're asking me questions because you don't really know the answer. If I looked at you, Sean, why'd you come tonight? 
Why'd you come tonight? Well, because I want to be here. I enjoy the podcast. Exactly. Josh, why were you here early? Um, I got done early doing what I was doing and I told my daughter goodnight and I just wanted to come over and read a little bit of scripture. Knew you'd be here sooner. So I got here 15 minutes early, kind of settle my mind down, focus, make sure that I'm focused on the podcast, have a clear mind and I can focus on what's being talked about tonight because that's what I wanted to do. There's no, well, what's it matter? None of that's there. Why? Because I know it's the right thing to do. It's when you don't know it's the right thing to do and you haven't settled that in your mind, that's where that rise comes from because you feel like you have to defend what you did. And I'm guilty of this. I, I know I am. It happened tonight with me and Anna. She was asking me a question about a trip we're going on. She's like, well, wh- what do you want to do? Do you want to buy this ticket or this ticket? I'm like, well, you're the one that researched it. Why, why don't you make the decision? She was like, just make the decision. It's not, it's not a big deal. We're going on the trip together. Just pick what package you want well, which one do you think we should get? And she was like, and we just kept going back and forth. And finally I was like, okay, this is this is kind of a silly thing to be doing this back and forth about because I could see I was getting a little frustrated because I didn't have a good, I didn't think I had the right answer with air quotations. And she was trying to give me an opportunity to just make a decision because she's just like, make a decision. Whatever you decide is okay. That whole situation was there to show me that just make a decision. Stop overthinking your decisions. Don't carelessly make decisions, but stop overthinking them to that level. And the reason I do that is because of fear of not being accepted. And just like I said, that fear of acceptance, I can see where that ties into so many things I do on a daily basis. So that's a huge help. Look, I'm accepted. And I'm going to do what's right, fair, and just, and I'll be accepted. I have a musical background and um, enjoy music. And I had a, a concept come to mind in regards to what we've been talking about. And I actually saw a video on this because you had mentioned at the very beginning that, and I know that, like you said, with your struggles of being accepted and acceptance, and a lot of people struggle with not being accepted and wanting acceptance. I was listening to a famous tuba player that had been with the Chicago symphony for probably I think it was like 44 years and had been a teacher after that. Just one of these master teachers just really, really knows this stuff. And I came across a video of his and he was talking about how would you approach a beginner? Cause he's a professional collegiate, like he's at the university professional level. And it was very interesting and it made me think of, the way Yah does things. Josh, if I were to come to you and say, all right, you're going to teach somebody how to play trumpet or trombone or something. And then you would, you need to figure out like how to teach somebody a beginner. You would probably have a, a mindset of what, what you would do with the knowledge that you would have of it. Because I would think you would set them down. You'd get like a book where they learn the notes and you would say, here's the notes, here's the fingerings, all that stuff. And you just need to play. Well, what was interesting was, is he sat the the child down. He's, I think he said he was seven years old. And he says, I'm not even going to let him hold the horn. You're not going to play anything. You're just going to listen to me. And what he would do is he would take, he took his trumpet, the little boy's trumpet, and he would play some notes. He would play like a G or a, or a lower C. And he was like, I'm not going to let you play. I just want you to listen to this. And I'm going to, I'm going to play this a couple times. 
and he would play some things on the trumpet. And he said, because he wanted to have him hear excellence first so that he could get an idea of what this was about. And he's like, not expecting him to get all the notes and not to sound like me, but I want him to hear what the sound is and what a good sound is. I want you to see excellence. And what he would do is he would have him in and he would just play a little bit. And then he would say, I want you to play this note and I want you to sound like me. And he would play. And it was interesting because he says, I'm not going to critique him to expect him to sound like me. Even if it sounds bad, it doesn't matter. He was building an image in his mind of what a good sound was. And it it was making me think about Yah that Yah's not expecting perfection at the beginning because they know like just with the student, you cannot achieve that. What I want is I want you to understand the information I'm giving you and apply it so that you can see excellence because Messiah, we have an example of excellence. Walk as he did. That's the standard of excellence. There's even a method book in music called Standard of Excellence. And I knew this from my upbringing in music that the thing that really motivated me to want to really play was I heard a jazz band and a jazz trumpet player at the local high school here. And I was just like, I want to sound like that. That's the sound. I wasn't capable of that sound at that point. But that's the thing is when you seek God with all your heart, God will draw near to you and they will say, Hey, what about this? And Oh my gosh, I heard the voice of God. That's what I want. I want, and Yah's not like, well, why aren't you walking as my son did? What's the problem? No, I know you're not capable of that yet, but I'm going to get, I'm going to build an image in your mind. I'm going to build things to where you can see what this is about so that you can build your faith and I can walk you step by step so you can see who you are because getting to know who you are takes time and it isn't like I'm, I'm going to figure out who I am and, and that's it. No, it, it takes time in putting that musical example to faith that we have so many examples in the Bible to where you have all these excellent examples to see, are you going to follow what the word of God says? Because you start as a beginner, you seek with all your heart. Well, I don't know. I want to get to without sin. Okay. But you've got to start step by step and I'm going to take you through a process step by step so that you can see who you are so that you'll repent and walk in obedience to God because you want to change to where you can transform to a new creation in Messiah, an obedient child, a son or daughter of God that walks in obedience without sin. But I'm going to take you step by step. You're not going to get past the you're not going to get to the third step until you go through the first and the second. Just like I'm going to show you how to hold the trumpet. I'm going to show you how to buzz a mouthpiece. I'm going to show you the fingerings. Then you're going to read the notes. Then you're going to uh, do technical examples. Then you're going to get to perform. Then you're going to go back and you're going to learn more and you're going to learn dynamics and you're going to learn so that you can perform beautiful music. You can walk as my son did. You'll get to that point but you've got to learn through the process of the gospel to learn step by step to see, because why would you turn to God and want to walk in the way of righteousness? If you don't know who you are before them at that point, that should break you to repent. Well, I want to do what is right. I don't like who I am. I want to change who I am. So I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to walk in this direction. Okay. Well, I see you're fully committed to that. Well, I'll give you forgiveness of sins not removal of sin, 
but I'll show you the way of, of truth. My spirit will teach you the way of truth. My son will show you how to walk in truth and walking as he did. So you're going to learn obedience through suffering, just like he did. So all these things, it was just an example. It just made me think of, you can use the truth of God is in everything. It's in music. It's in your job at sheets. It's in insurance. It's in, if you're looking for it, because Yah is in everything. And that's why mankind is without excuse that you have no excuse to say that you didn't understand. If you didn't understand, then you didn't follow the path to find it. You have nobody to blame but yourself, but people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Well, it's somebody else's fault. No, it's your fault. Ultimately, because you stand before God, God, I didn't understand. What about this? Did you see where you chose not to listen? Well, no blame against us is going to be accepted because you chose it. You had choice. You chose the way you didn't find us because you didn't seek with all your heart. Well, I didn't know how to. And then they'll say, all right, well, I'll show you something that you see, you sought with all your heart and what you wanted. And you see that you see how you sought it with all your heart that you were willing to miss time at home. You were willing to, um, call in sick to work, to go to this or that. Do you see how you were seeking? Oh, I didn't realize. Well, that's the thing. You didn't realize it, but it doesn't mean I could drive down the road and not realize the speed limit's 35 and the cop will say, Oh, you didn't realize that? No problem. I'll let you free. It's well, you need to realize where you're driving and what the speed limit is. It's up to you. The law isn't going to change just because you don't understand it, that the law, because there's law and everything. So y'all gives us opportunity to, as and if you've heard this in the world, I'm going to go somewhere and find myself. I just don't know who I am. I just, well, right. Because you're living out of your programming and you don't know why you're doing this because remember back at the very beginning, very first podcast, brainwashing and mind control. And we talked about cognitive dissonance. Why do you not know who you are or knowing who you are? Cognitive dissonance, brainwashing and mind control, because this podcast is focused on those that want to know the truth, no matter how it affects them. You're seeking with all your heart to know who you are before God, because God doesn't change. They're who they are. So you want to line up with them and their truth, then you've got to change. And how can you do that if you don't know their ways and you don't know what their truth says? So it's up to each person because the word of God says, that in Romans, that although people knew God, they know God exists through the creation. By free will choice, you chose not to glorify God or be thankful, but you decided to worship the created things more than the creator. And the word of God doesn't lie, and it's true. And it's just going to be for those people that don't find this truth, they'll be standing there at the judgment and wanting to be led into the kingdom, and Messiah will tell them, Get away from me. I never knew you because you practiced lawlessness. You didn't find a way to be lawful, which is walking in righteousness. So therefore, there's no place for you in this kingdom because this the kingdom of God is not going to bring or deal with any lawlessness. No sin is going to be in here. So you need to to get, get away. And, and that's the thing is that the brainwashing and the mind control is so deep that one, people don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And even if you were to bring to somebody 
hey, I'm seeing this, you're doing this, cognitive dissonance will take over unless they really have a, a heart to really know the truth that who are you to lecture me just like this? This one was born in sin. How dare you lecture us? Well, cognitive dissonance. Yeah, but you don't realize that you're steeped in sin. And that's the thing is that stop pointing the finger at other people trying to figure somebody else out when you don't even know yourself why you're doing what you're doing. You have no authority to go and speak to somebody and say what they're doing is wrong when you're doing the same thing. That's why the hypocrisy in the world is so rampant. People are digging into each other's clay and trying to fix somebody else and telling you why you're wrong and you need to change. And people don't want to change because leave me alone. Quit looking at me. Why are you so concerned about me? Let me live my life. Let me make decisions. Quit putting your hand in my clay and telling me what I need to change. If you really want somebody to change, don't put your hand in their clay. Just when appropriate, make statements and leave it alone and they can decide to change their clay. But it's not going to be good for you to just take your hand and just grab somebody's clay and they're going to turn around and pick a fight with you. Like Messiah said that you talk to somebody that doesn't want to know this truth and you're throwing pearls before the swan. They're going to tear you to pieces. They're going to trample the the pearls. Don't waste your time. Don't, don't do that. And even with Messiah, they did that to him. They tried to get into his business and it's like, all right, you're, you're supposed to be this teacher of Israel. You're supposed to know what it is and we're going to come back. And, and do you really know what you're talking about? If you're going to, to do that, but Messiah went to people. And other than him going into the synagogue and, and bringing out scripture, things like that, people came to him to ask him. And then, okay, you want my help? Then I will give information. But I just know for us that, and I know for me that in the past, just spending so much time attempting to fix other people and people get frustrated and they guard their clay. They don't want it touched. And I'll just bring this out so those that listen can understand this statement when I say the clay. That is the aspect of the potter and the clay that the potter controls the clay that's on the stand. You're making pottery. And what happens is, is that the representation is, is that each person is the potter of their own life and you shape your life, which is your clay. And so much time is you, instead of working on your own clay, you blame other people and point at their clay and you try to go over and fix their clay to mold them to change so that it's easier for you instead of quit attempting to change somebody's clay, which you can't do anyway, because they have to change their life. Focus on yourself. If you want the peace, you want the understanding, you change your own clay, you model yourself after the truth of God, and then you'll be accepted. And so much time has been wasted on trying to fix somebody else and get them to change so that it'll be better for you instead of you can't change the other person, just leave them alone. Now, this is separate from y'all making it clear to you to tell somebody something, to bring something out, but you're not attempting to play with their clay to fix them. You're just bringing something to their attention so that they can then take their own clay and mold it, use the word of God, the living water to make it moist and shape it and, and do all those things. So, Well, you were talking about the aspect of tuning and training with, so, um, I don't know exactly who brought this to mind, but what, yeah, I brought the idea of a guitar because I've did percussion. So you don't really tune percussion. Um, even when you have the xylophone or any of the bell set, you don't really tune that. They're pretty much made. You can't really untune them. 
Um, but guitar, I tried, I tried to teach myself guitar. I say try because I did it for a few months and then I stopped practicing. So then I lost what I had. Um, but with guitar, you have to tighten and loosen the strings to tune them. So the concept came to mind that if I'm trying to learn how to play a song to match Yaz's song, I have to learn how to tune my instrument to match that and then play as I'm playing have to recognize that that string didn't sound right. This I'm playing the right rhythm or the right setup, but something just doesn't sound right. So I'm constantly working on tuning that guitar to match the song that I'm hearing from truth, the true tune. The same thing goes back to knowing oneself. It's much easier to take a step back and be in a quiet space and just listen to the guitar. If you're in a room with 10 guitars and they're all trying to play and you're trying to tune yours as they're all trying to tune theirs, it's chaos. You've been in a band room just like I have. It's chaos when you have five trumpets in one section all trying to get in tune. It's it, it's hard for you to be in tune because you really, really, really have to listen. So taking a step back, you can then play some of the, the notes on a guitar and listen it's not quite in tune. Why is it not quite in tune? Do I need to go up? Do I need to go down? And that's as simple as the clay concept. Stop trying to tune someone else's guitar when they're trying to tune it themselves. Stop plucking at the string. Stop messing with them when they're trying to figure out how to tune it themselves. Because if you tune it for them, which is not truly possible, but that's us trying to fix someone else, a guitar after it's played, it comes out of tune again. If you just keep trying to tune it for them, they're never going to learn how to play and tune their own guitar. They're not going to learn their instrument. They're not going to learn their craft so that if it does get out of tune, they can recognize it's out of tune and then know how to put it back in tune. And that all just applies to what we're talking about here, that knowing oneself is policing oneself enough that when you recognize you're out of tune with what's going on, it's not, okay, I'm done playing. No. Figure out how to get back in tune, tune back in to the true song. Your, I don't know what's the pitch machine, whatever the tuner. Yeah, the tuner. Figure out how to get back to the tuner. Go listen to the tuner. Okay, what's right to do in this situation? Oh, okay, I see where I was off. Let me adjust, make some adjustments, and then we'll move forward from it. But I saw that as a perfect example. And the clay concept we've talked about because I've done pottery before and I, I know how to throw and things like that. So if someone's not familiar with clay, the guitar concept works as well. Both of those things apply. And with you being a music major, you definitely understand the guitar concept because that, yeah. Well, you can't tune a guitar or a trumpet or any of that stuff unless there's a standard tuning the the note is a 440 is the frequency that you'll tune you turn the tuner on and that tuner is set to that tuner just like if you want to be in tune with god that you have to have the fullness of deity to be able to be right in that center <clears throat> that yah will help you but it's about doing the best you can to be right on that center line and messiah is right there he's the that plumb line he's the center but it made me think of it is that you don't just tune to what you want in faith. You tune it to God to make it to where 
well, let me get it. Um, no, let me, no, I'm going to, next time I'm going to make sure you get it right in that center in that centerpiece. And, um, I had this come to mind to, to ask you this because I had this happen to me today with your job and the manager that, that you have there, are you sticking your hand in somebody else's clay that's bringing frustration and aggravation where evaluate if you're doing that? And if so, just because I had it revealed to me today about with my job that it was sticking my hand in the clay of others, not only teammates, but managers and also other people because I realized and Yah showed me this. It wasn't just they helped me to see it <clears throat> because I deal with insurance and people will have arguments and disputes and, and, and say things. And what came to mind was when somebody's telling you what happened, that aren't you putting your hand in their clay? If you think, well, they're probably just this or there, why are you dabbing in that? Just if that's what they tell you, then that's the evidence you go with it. Don't, go into their clay. Well, they're probably going to say this. They're probably, you're trying to go in and well, they're doing this, they're doing that. And it was like, wow, what a waste of time. <clears throat> That's what you told me happened. That's what I'm going to evaluate. Or why is this person not doing this? Or well, you're putting your, I could just see here just in my mind, like the hand is going in the cookie jar and it's like, get your hand out of the cookie jar. You're driving down the road. Somebody turns in front of you. What, why, how do you know what they're doing? Get your hand out and just, there was just, it was just one of those. And it came to mind just to, to, for you to evaluate that with um that situation, because I know you've spoken about that and how much can be alleviated by just a recognition of that. And I'm not going to be concerned about what somebody else does. I don't mean you don't see anything, but I'm done trying to figure people out and why they're doing what they're doing. I'm going to focus on me and the piece is going to be within me in this. And with the music aspect that the what's called intonation, which is you being able to really hear and play in tune. That's an internal thing because in order for you to play in tune, you have to hear it. That's why it's ear training in music. You have ear training so that you tune in your ear. Well, in faith, we have ear training. He that has ears to hear, let him hear or let her hear tune into the frequency of God. Really listen, tune into what the parable is saying. What is the parable saying? Tune in, go deeper, look past the physical. What, what, what's the spiritual aspect in this? You plant a seed and the, the ground has rocks in it and it's, listen, what's it saying? But if you're like, I just, I don't get it. Or, oh, that's what he's talking about. So you can see past the shell and what's behind the shell. The, the, there's a deeper meaning here. There's deeper meaning to do you know who you are? It, it, it's a, it's a deep concept and faith will help you to figure this out that yeah, help me to see who I am. Who am I really? What am I? And my life has been what it's been like, help me to see who I really am before you. Well, do you really want to see that? Or are you just, all right, if you really want to see it, we'll show you. And then you'll, you'll have a decision to make. Do you want to change something or do you want to stay where you are? But faith perfecting is all about fine tuning, tuning in, making sure that you're not perfected where it's all done, 
but it, it's faith is a continual perfecting, looking to improve, tweak things. And that's just life itself. Like you, I really enjoy cooking and you make recipes over and over again. You make something that somebody says is really good. Well, each time there's a way to perfect it. Well, this time I'll add a little bit more salt. I'll do a little bit less pepper or, and you're like, it's still the same similar product, but it's not the exact same every time. Well, how could you make it better? Well, we can always make a little better or I could add this or add that. So I'm, I'm just seeing with this, that there's so much information that Yah gives and it goes in different directions. And Yah just gives a concept like this that just, it always ties back to what we've been talking about. It, it all goes together. And it's just another good concept to really think about this concept. If people have never thought about, have you really sat down and realized who you are in faith? Where are you in faith? Who I am as a person? Why am I doing what I'm doing? It's just a good, just a, a good, good to have this knowledge and understanding. Well, and it's, also always growing and evolving like who i was five years ago is not who i am now i didn't have a daughter then um i've moved a lot more in faith i've grown and done a lot of different things so you're you're always evolving in this it's not a i know who i am now it's a knowing like you brought out it's a knowing of self as you grow and the other just this was given to me one more thing tuning into yah it's very important we talk about because it helps you tune into self, but also tuning out others is just as important as tuning into Yah. Um, having an issue at work today where someone made a comment about, well, why didn't you do this? Make sure this is done from now on. And in the moment I was like, okay, I will work on that. But then I thought about it and I was like, this person's pointing out like the one thing that didn't get done on this shift. And I know of 20 things that didn't get done on this shift. I'm trying to complete five of them before I leave. And it just took a moment for me to step back and say, what's the real point of this? And then evaluate, well, that's a very trivial thing. So the fact that they're upset about it isn't my issue. Oh, okay. And I walked away, but it took a moment for me to evaluate that because of my programming of, well, you were the manager on shift and you didn't have this stocked and ready and it's my fault and I should have. No. What are you doing? Are you doing the necessities for the store that are going to be harder for this shift to get to? Yes. Okay. So then not having this one item stocked in the kitchen is not as big of a deal because they're going to be in the kitchen all night long because there's only a few of them versus doing the trash outside, which they can't leave the kitchen to go do outside trash. Just looking at those things. And that's why I said tuning into self and tuning out others, because in that moment I was tuned into what someone else said to me. I was allowing that to affect me and I had to take a step back and say, wait, okay, they're bringing up something that didn't get done today. I know it needs to get done. I didn't check it. I was doing other things. That's okay. And walking away from that rather than letting that eat at me, like I mean, I should have done better. Or I could have done better. Or why didn't I check it? Or I, no, Hey, just let it go. That's how it is. And just walk away from it. And that takes a master of self and not letting that lower programming of being good enough or not being accepted override. Hey, it's okay. Just let it go because you didn't get to it today. And just in that process that we're talking about, but knowing oneself in those moments, you're learning about that. 
I had to learn where am I doing this? Where am I not doing this? Where am my lower conscience affecting my conscious mind in that one situation? And that's just an example that came to mind today that happened and having to control that whole situation to evaluate, tune in. You know what? I'm not going to own this. It's just one of those things that happens and I'm just going to step away from it. And that helped and just continual process in that because like we talked about, the world will try and put more on you than what you can handle. And if you feel like you're being overwhelmed by the world, that's on you because you're trying to live to their standard. And ultimately, the world doesn't want to do what the world wants to do. It wants to do what everyone in the world is selfishness wants to do. And you can't carry everyone's selfish burden because it's impossible. So learning how to remove that and say, I'm going to do what Yah wants and only what Yah wants. And when someone tries to overburden me, I'm going to evaluate that and know I'm accepted by Yah. So if the world says I'm not accepted, I'm okay with that. And learning to tune out that negative aspect of you got to do more, you got to do more. No, I'm destroying the authority attached to chaos. I'm listening to myself and tuning into who I am and who Yah is. And if I'm accepted by Yah, I don't need to be accepted by anybody else. And you move forward from that. So that's just, again, tying back into knowing self and knowing who you are. You're either with Yah or you're not with Yah. And that's the basis of knowing self for Yah or against Yah. And that's the start. How confident are you playing the trumpet right now? Not confident at all. I had this, um, and we can, we can finish up on this thought because I have confidence in playing the trumpet. And what's the reason for confidence? Because you mentioned that you were struggling with confidence. Confidence comes from experience and from knowing. And really you get the knowing from the experience. It's the heart knowledge. Because I remember years ago, I would watch NASCAR a lot, and there was a uh, one of the popular drivers that just seemed like he was just winning races, and it's like I said, he was just building that confidence. And it's like, well, you what builds? It's like you have that surety of self and situation, and that's the thing. The reason that it's so important for us to know who we are, it's not just knowing who we are; it's who we are in faith in Yah, that we can see who we truly are. And the confidence is when you have experience and you gain surety in what you're doing to where, all right, I know this, I'm good at this, I can do this. And you keep doing it. Well, I'm, I'm getting better and I'm, I'm gaining more confidence because I know. Like, because with trumpet, the reason you don't have confidence is you don't know. But if you did know, just like with the percussion, that you would have that surety. And that's the thing. That's why we have the, in faith, we have this hope of salvation which is hope is being sure of knowing what's going to happen. That's where the confidence is. I know that God is going, well, I'm convinced that God is going to do this. And when we get there, we'll know. But that's what hope is. Hope like an anchor. Hope isn't, well, I'm not confident. Hope is I am confident because Yah doesn't lie. Yah is true. And they will not go against their promises as long as the stipulations are fulfilled. If anything doesn't go as God promised. It's not God. It's the person that didn't fulfill that. So confidence is you do things 
and you learn and you gain experience on just like the ropes course a few years ago at the Outer Banks. I was not confident, but you were. And what did that confidence do? You can do this, that you're trying to encourage me. You're not trying to dip in because you can't dip in to make me have courage, but I can encourage on the outside that you can do this. You've got it, but you wouldn't be able to say that unless you were confident because I've been there. I know I'm convinced catching myself. I'm convinced that you can do it. And that's what faith is supposed to be. Faith is about being confident in what you, in what we have not. Well, I think I believe I might be, no, this is sure. And this isn't changing. This is right. And that's why Messiah was taken as somebody that had authority because he was sure he wasn't. Well, this might be right. It was, that's what the other people were doing, but they marveled at, my gosh, he's just, it's so authoritative because he knows what he was talking about because he was getting his information from his parents who are perfect that know because they're in the kingdom that we know this is true. And he was convinced of that. So all in all wrapping this up and I'll turn it over to you if you have anything, but it's a learning going through the process of knowing who you are is a process of knowing it and it's over time, but it's ultimately in the goal of having that hope. That's like an anchor that it's unwavering. It's confident. You're not going back and forth. You're not being double-minded anymore that you're sure, you know, that this is the truth and nobody is going to change my mind on this. I know this is right. This is who I am in Messiah. And the word tells me this. And that's how I walk in this confidence because true faith in God is about that being confident of, of being sure with God and not walking away in the old ways. Like it says of being tossed back and forth and every teaching you get thrown back and forth. No, I'm convinced that what we have is true and I'm not wavering in that. It's true. I'm experiencing it. So this is, and Josh, I'll leave, leave it to you if you want to uh, close us out with anything, but yeah, this is, this is a great topic and I'm convinced we'll come back to this again, but it's, that's what faith is, is continually figuring out what's in your lower conscience, what needs to be replaced with the functional, getting the dysfunctional out. So anything further you'd like to add to what we've been talking about? Just asking for a clarification for the last thing or the last thing to come from me. And the only way to truly know self is to know Yah, because if like what you talked about with a scale, there's a standard. And if you don't know the standard, you have nothing to weigh it against. So the only way to truly understand self is to know Yah. And when you know Yah, you can know more about yourself. Why? Because you have something that is absolute that's an authority above yourself that you can weigh it against and understand, okay, this is the absolute truth of this and move from there. And that's just, that was the last thing that came to mind was without Yah, you can't truly know self. Well, Josh, good being with you is a good stopping point and Lord willing, we'll be on the next podcast. It may be Saturday. It could be a different day. We don't know or we leave it in Yah's hands. So, we appreciate everybody listening in live and we had quite a few people listening live. We appreciate that. And those will listen in the future. So me and Josh will get out of here for the evening, but um, Josh, good conversation as usual. Look forward to more in the future and everybody have a good evening. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us today on hidden treasures reveal. We want to leave you with this thought. 
The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge, but if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure nonstop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.